Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, another big day, the grand final venue, locked in, if in the event. It's a break glass in case of emergency style situation. I'll update you on that. Carlton just keeps getting more and more awkward, and it's a big night of Paralympics as well. Time on, your say on the news of the day. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, and however you've spent the day, however you've been putting it in. Uh, it's wonderful to have your company. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number. zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the temper text line. Temper a mattress like no other. A heap to get through tonight, but let's start with a Paralympics update. Uh, so our Aussie gliders, our women's wheelchair basketballers, are in action at the moment. I'll give you a score update from them. Uh, when I can get that back up on my screen. Uh, they are taking on host nation Japan. But it has been a very, very good day uh, for Australia at the Paralympics. Our first gold medal came uh, courtesy of Paige Greco in the women's C1-3, 3,000 metre individual pursuit. A world record time uh, was achieved by Paige Greco to get our first gold of the Paralympics. She will be in the hurt locker now, but she can feel the finish line approaching. She's going to become the first Australian Paralympic gold medal at the Easy Velodrome here in Tokyo. It was a lovely sound, the sound of that bell. She comes into the final bend. The time to look out for 3.52.28. Is she going to do it? Of course she's going to do it. A gold medal next to all of those world championship medals. A legendary resume already and a world record. Well done, Paige Greco. You are a champion. Uh, absolutely. That was followed up not too long after with our second gold medal, Emily Petricola, this time in the women's C4 3,000 metre individual pursuit. He started poaching her and she has actually just won the gold medal. She's taken... Yes, she's taken has, over Sean Morelli and she's won the gold. It's fantastic. It's a, just a defining moment here for Australian track cycling as Emily Petrocola, against her fiercest rival, has actually overtaken Sean Morelli for that gold medal. Uh, and then in the pool, Will Martin got our first gold in the pool. He won the men's 400-metre freestyle, the S9 final. Uh, and it was... Uh, a, well, there was quite, well, there was uh, two reasons to celebrate for Australia as Alex Tuckerfield came in strong uh, to claim the bronze in that same event. So Will Martin now with about 35 metres left to swim. He is right on Brendan Hall's world record pace. Tuckfield looks like he might be tiring or perhaps Hall is lifting. A thrilling battle for the bronze there. Didier is also lifting, but Will Martin needs to hold on. There's about five metres left to swim and he'll get the gold medal for Australia. A Paralympic record time. He takes Hall's championship belt from him and we've crowned a new king. 
Uh, beautifully done. That's an incredible performance from Will Martin. You heard it there, a record-breaking performance as well. Uh, and then Paige Greco backed it up straight away after that to get our next gold medal in the pool, this time in the women's 400-metre freestyle, the S9 final. She will be in the hurt locker now, but she can feel the finish line approaching. She's going to become the first Australian Paralympic gold medal at the Easy Velodrome here in Tokyo. It was a lovely sound, the sound of that bell. She comes into the final bin. The time to look out for 3.52.28. Is she going to do it? Of course she's going to do it. A gold medal. Now that was Paige Greco. Apologies. This was Lakeisha Patterson. 25 metres left to swim. What has Lakeisha Patterson got? Conkley is lifting. Conkley goes to Patterson. She goes past Patterson, I think. What can Lucky Patterson come out with in the last five metres? She's charging hard. Patterson's coming back. Ah, there you go. Exciting scenes, incredible performances. So uh, already four gold medals uh, for Australia today at the Paralympics. And we've got some big chances coming up in the pool. Uh, we're just, they're just about to go in the men's uh, S14, 100-metre butterfly. Ben Hance and uh, Ricky Bedar are in that for us. Uh, and then there's Aussies in the pool throughout the course of the night. So we'll keep updating you there. And I'll give you a score in just a moment uh, on our gliders um, I'm just, I had that up on my screen and then that particular screen decided that it didn't want to uh, get involved with giving me the score and decided that it was going to check out for the night. So Julio's going to update us on that score ASAP. Uh, right, let's get to the biggest AFL story of the day and that is the grand final venue. So Gillan McLaughlin called a press conference today uh, and made this announcement. Today I uh, had a conversation with, with um, um, the... Uh, West Australian Premier, Premier McGowan, and um, uh, had a conversation where we let them know that Optus Stadium would be uh, the home of the AFL Grand Final in the event that it is not able to happen at the MCG. Um, I just want to be clear about that. We are still talking to Victorian Government. I'm here talking um, with, you know, with their full knowledge, but want to keep people up informed given how important this is and given we've had discussions with also other governments to say that, that, that um, you know, it's going to be Optus Stadium if it's not the MCG. So uh, I'm optimistic that early next week we'll have, be in a position with the uh, Victorian government. They can uh, clearly speak for themselves. But, um, you know, if, uh, if we're unable to play at the MCG, the grand final will be at Optus Stadium. Our priority clearly will be the health and safety of the Western Australian community. Um, we've worked through the um, quarantine facilities and restrictions for our playing groups um, and it will be a, an amazing venue in the event the MCG is unavailable. So Optus Stadium, if the MCG can't do it, and by all reports, Mitch Cleary saying on the AFL website that uh, they're expecting to know spy for certain early next week if, uh, that, if the grand final will go to Perth. So it is still a very slim chance, but it would seem slim to none. Uh, this was Gil McLaughlin when asked why Perth, the head of Adelaide? I think just capacity, really. I mean, um, they've both got their merits, but the the, um, the capacity available at Optus Stadium is 100%, and that's pretty compelling to have as many people as we can see the biggest and best sporting event in the country. Uh, so that's the reason, just capacity. I'm wondering whether the uh, extra quarantine for the Olympic athletes might have just 
maybe just held them back in the pecking order ever so slightly. Just, you know, lost a bit of, took a bit of shine off, uh, off the South Australian government. You never know. It could have come into it. Oh, I'm being facetious, of course. Um, can we just send a cheerio and best wishes to Brian Taylor, um, Channel 7 footy commentator, former Coleman medalist as well. The report today that he'd been uh, airlifted to hospital. Uh, there was a, 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 an explosion in an incident at a, at a Gippsland property that he was working on as well. The injuries apparently are minor and minor burns, but he was doing some maintenance uh, on at his farm for the hot water service and emergency services were called to the scene uh, there. So just uh, wishing him all the best. Hopefully he's okay, him and his family uh, as well. And we hope uh, for a speedy recovery uh, for BT. That's uh, was quite serious. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Mitch Clear reporting. You just played Gill saying exactly that. Uh, I had my headphones off when Gill was saying that, uh, but thank you for pointing that out. So if Gill said it's going to be early next week, then I'll, we'll take him uh, just slightly ahead of Mitch Cleary, one of the best newsbreakers. Uh, I was just trying to get the the women's uh, basketball score up in the wheelchair basketball, which by the way is uh, forty eight to thirty seven. Japan leading with a minute fifty two to go uh, in the third. Um, The other big story, of course, is Carlton. Where to even begin, where to start, what to say that hasn't already been said by uh, all and sundry in the football um, community. But the latest news today, Sam Edmund uh, was the first to come through to read a statement from Alistair Clarkson's manager, James Henderson, about uh, whether or not he would be continuing uh, along the process or whether he would put his hand up for the Carlton job. There's been some developments at Carlton and not the sort of developments that the Blues power brokers wanted this morning. The latest development is that Alistair Clarkson will not, will not be coaching Carlton next year, will not be coaching Collingwood next year, will not be coaching anywhere next year. He'll be taking a break from the game in 2022 and his manager, James Henderson, has provided us with a statement, Dwayne, which reads that Alistair Clarkson is fully committed to taking the year off, to spend time with his family and to undertake further study and personal development opportunities. And James Henderson went on to confirm that Alistair Clarkson had received approaches from some AFL clubs this week, but he had chosen not to advance any of those discussions. So... Where does this leave the Blues? Also Collingwood, but they're well advanced in their process. Where does it leave Carlton's search for a new coach? Because Ross Lyon is seemingly out now. Dwayne, they haven't told David Teague anything. And it just keeps going into the inconceivable thought that David Teague, surely he couldn't. But he might just be coaching the Blues into the final year of his contract next year. Unbelievable this, isn't it? Uh, Sam Edmund today on Dwayne's World breaking that. So, Alistair Clarkson, and why wouldn't you take a gap year? I mean, a lot of people have taken gap years in their lives. Not many of them had uh, $450,000 a year under their belt, which you'll get paid out over the next two years. That's a pretty tidy little purse to take on a gap year. I don't think I had anywhere near that when I went on mine. I don't know how you went with yours, but certainly the 450 k gets you a very, very comfortable gap year. And he looks set to do some study, some travel if possible, um, go and invest in some more personal development. Yeah, a gap year with about half a mil, that seems uh, quite appealing, doesn't it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. So what about Ross Lyons? Sam Edmund had this to say to Gary and Tim today about Ross Lyons' chance. I'm going to play you this, and then in a moment I'll play you what Sam McClure had to say this evening on Sports Day. So this was Sam Edmund with Gary and Tim this morning. 
Hopkins. Well, we spoke about this yesterday, that he has done himself some real harm in the Wednesday night footy classified conversation in which he sort of stepped all over David Teague and, and referenced some, some old Carlton greats and... and that didn't go down well at the club, which we spoke about yesterday. And then there's all the, um, without an admission of guilt, of course, from Ross Lyon, no one's saying that, but the way it ended at, at Fremantle in terms of settlements and the like, that there's an element of the board there that has been widely reported now that aren't too comfortable with that. And that perhaps when it went to the board with Ross Lyon, it was like, well, hang on a minute, we haven't had our say on, on this guy. Back up the truck a little well, bit. So, went off and spoke to him then. Don't know the answer to that, uh, Gary, specifically. But I think it's now, uh, if it's not no chance, it's uh, it's it's highly, 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 highly unlikely that Ross Lyon coaches Carlton. So that was Sam Edmund today with Gary and Tim. And this was Gary and Tim following up that discussion and giving their view. Nice. Is he still a chance to be, I mean... I don't see why he's not. Is he, he would Well, this is the question. Can you go from being a pretty red-hot favourite this time last week to being no chance in a week? No, but he said that himself last week. He said Clarko was... He front. said, yeah, he's, Clarko's the number okay. one man, and Clarko right now is still, from all reports, the number one man. He just hasn't given them a final decision yet. Right, if, if Clarko says no... Is it, so I don't know anything. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves. So and Dave, I am too. David Teague's still there. So yes. David Teague's still there. If Alistair Clarkson says no, what happens then? Is David, is David Teague still in the frame or is it just a walk-up start Ross Lyon or is David Teague still in the frame because they've cooled on Ross Lyon? I have no intel on that. No. So that's the situation that we're facing. That was Gary and Tim before the news came that Alistair Clarkson would not be coaching anyone or any club next year. So no Carlton, no Collingwood. He'll be taking a year off. Bob Murphy had the same conversation around if David Teague could actually come back into the fray now, given that they haven't got their primary target and they've cooled on their secondary. The problem, if a player had a problem with David Teague, it, I couldn't fathom that it would be because he has been so personally vicious yeah. that I can't come back from it. it. Doesn't they feel might be it, underwhelmed yeah. or they might feel a bit you know, out of joint. But again, if they all lay themselves bare, David Teague says, "Okay, this is what you, this is what you're telling me." Yeah. Now it's on to me. I'll tidy this up. I'll put the work in. Mm. If you need more from me in that area, I'll do it. But I need this from you. Yeah. Yep. And you lost faith. Now back me in. If yep. I make top six, there's a three-year deal. We're in this together. Mm. Put that in front of them. I yep. put my faith in you. You put your faith in me. The rest of the world thinks we're a joke. Well, let's show them. Mm. Us against the rest of the world again. Mm. You can do that. You mm. can actually have that happen. Whether they do or not, I don't know. Mm. It's, I, it's highly unlikely. I can but see. I kind I can, of hope they do. Yeah, I that sort of had everyone a little bit fired up, didn't it? In almost inspirational uh, from Bob Murphy there, but that was on Drive today with Bob and Andy. Could you see them being able to reconcile this, to salvage something from what is an absolute dumpster fire at the Carlton Football Club. Lee Matthews had this to say about Carlton last night. So the, maybe the greatest ever to play the game has coached uh, premierships at two different clubs. He's won a bunch uh, as a player, widely regarded as the greatest to ever play and has held positions on boards. This is what he had to say about Carlton last night on Sports Day. Whoever's running that football club has got no idea how to run a football club. I reckon it's the people at the top of that football club are the, are the problem. Mm. I mean, I mean, somehow or other, that is just not working. And um, you, you, whenever... And sometimes when boards overplay their roles in what's going on in the footy department, that's when the club's in trouble.
That's as scathing as it gets from someone who knows better than most. The latest update on this story is from Sam McClure, who spoke on Sports Day tonight and had this to say in regards to David Teague's future. No, he won't. Jerry. Won't survive? No, David okay. Teague won't be coach of Carlton next year. Um, I, I don't think it's been handled particularly well, but, but I, I, I'm not just limiting that to the last few days, by the way. Um, they've tried to give David feedback. They've tried to give Kane Little and, and Brad Lloyd feedback as well. Um, and, and, you know, they've, you know, they've paid a lot for this review, so I think they, that they owe it to them in order to do that. Um, and I think the Clarko thing is probably delayed it as well. Um, but what I will say right now is that, you know, Ross Lyon is, is now short price favourite to, to coach Carlton next year. He's, he's their number one target. Um, I, think that, I think that in the coming days and weeks, you're going to see significant changes at the Carlton board. Um, I, I think it could have... 50% of board members go and, and, and 50% come in. It could be that dramatic. Um, and I think you're going to see a, the hiring of a new coach and, um, you know, potentially a new head of footy, uh, potentially even a new CEO. I, I, I don't know if all those three changes will be made before the start of next season, but there's huge change coming at Carlton. There's no doubt about that. So that's a little bit contrary to what Sam Edmund had to say. Sam McClure believing that Teague will not coach next year and that Ross Lyon is still absolutely in the frame. But the changes could be much bigger than just football department and they could extend out beyond the board as well, which it absolutely should given how this has all unfolded. It's hard to think of a way that this could be any worse. It's hard to think of a way that this could have come off any worse than it currently has. A review started by unrealistic expectations and then apparently Luke Sayers has some chats with some disgruntled players in a hotel lockdown during the second year of COVID-affected footy and then all of a sudden there's a massive review and after 10 or 12 weeks of that review, the letter comes out to say that we're going to absorb that, which is really just code for we're going to wait and see if we can get Clarko and now you can't. And then your second option, by a lot of reports, you've cooled on substantially. It was a free hit not to do anything at the moment, given what COVID's been. Uh, you probably didn't have to go as hard as, as what you did. And when you've got a coach saying that he's working in a psychologically unsafe environment, that should be massive alarm bells. I, I was sort of thinking about this today, like the scene from Jerry Maguire after he loses Cush. And Cuba Gooding Jr. just turns to him and says, you're loving me now, aren't you? And I'll just get the feel. I'm wondering if that's David Teague who's just going to have to turn around and go, well, you're stuck with me. You're loving me now, aren't you? Because you've got nothing else because you didn't go any further in a process to find uh, another coach. It was sort of like a, a mate. And I've used the dating analogy with Carlton that they keep finding trivial reasons to break up with people. But this is a little bit like you started dating someone during COVID. And whilst it wasn't perfect it was still okay. It was still going okay because it's happening during one of the most intense uh, and difficult times to be in a relationship. But then you kept your Tinder account on and you thought you'd matched with a supermodel. It hasn't quite panned out like that and you've sort of been catfished without being catfished. You thought you were a chance with a supermodel and you put all your eggs in that basket and now you've got to sort of go back tail between your legs to the person that you've been with for the last couple of years going, oh, might have made a mistake. And that is as awkward a conversation as it gets and that looks like where the conversations might be with Carlton and David Teague at the moment. It's uh, a real mess. Uh, off the text, no more Carlton. We've all had enough. There are eight teams playing finals this weekend. Can you guys refocus on what's important? Uh, look, 
if people want to talk about Carlton, we absolutely will talk about Carlton. But I understand we're having a little bit of fatigue. Yep, I went there. Uh, <laughs> so I get that, but we'll take your calls on the other side of this one three hundred seven three six seven three six. There's a heap more to update on today. Tasmania, Peter Goodwin and Brett Godfrey have both spoken on Tasmania's behalf on the station today. Uh, we've had Hall of Famers speak to the station today, and I'll play you what they had to say. Paddy Mills has been on with Dwayne as well. So there's a heap to work through, including your calls, and we'll go through all of those next one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Play out with Rolling Stones, Valet Charlie Watts. Uh, there's some more medals in the pool for us at the Paralympics. Ben Hance uh, has got bronze in the men's 100-metre butterfly S14. We've got a silver and a bronze in the women's 100-metre butterfly S14. So Paige Leanart and Ruby Storm, congratulations uh, to all three of you to go with the four golds and a bronze that we've already had today. Uh, in the women's wheelchair basketball, 20-point lead to Japan over Australia with 5.07 left. And our Steelers, our wheelchair rugby side, who were going for three straight gold medals, unfortunately lost their opening game uh, of these Olympics against Denmark by a solitary point. But uh, I'm sure they will bounce back uh, in a big way. Uh, 0433981116, the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. Uh, ben off the text. Tell you what, if it's out of Sam McClure and Sam Hargraves, I'm taking the field marshal's word every day of the week. Uh, just with that, the Sam McClure audio I played a little earlier saying that he doesn't believe David Teague will survive this review and that Ross Lyon is right in the frame. That was Sam McClure on Sports Day. The other audio I played was actually Sam Edmund uh, from uh, Gary and Tim earlier this morning and also uh, talking to Dwayne. So I'm not the field marshal. Uh, those two are very fine and well-established journalists. Uh, I'm just a mug punter who gets to commentate on sport and... Uh, and chew the fat with you uh, of an evening. Uh, but those guys are, are very good journalists. So I'm just a, just a humble broadcaster. But uh, to be in the same sentence as them, I do appreciate it, Ben. Uh, hi, Sam. T can't keep his job. Too many bad things have happened. Ross Lyon has to be made coach. Complete change has to occur in the board and assistant coaches and possibly the CEO, Tim in Berwick, 35-year gold member of the Blues. Tim, uh, thank you very much for your text. Uh, Mark is in queue. G'day, Mark. Yeah, g'day, fellas. Um... What I was going to say is I just want to send out a big cheerio and a big thank you to the, the all the Swan supporters out there. Apparently they've uh, sold out um, the Launceston ground for uh, Saturday's big game against the Giants. Right. And it's just... And it's a congratulations, really, I want to say. They've made the finals now 21 times in the last 26 years. I was just checking out doing statistics on the, the last quarter of a century. And if you take it one extra year, in the last 26 years... This is their 21st final series. Um, they've played in six grand finals, so two wins and uh, one one-point loss there against the uh, Eagles. But they fly under the radar year after year. And this, this, this two-year rebuild that they've had in the last two years, honestly, they can rebuild very, very quickly. And uh, it's a credit to everybody involved with the club. But it's this big shout-out to the supporters because there's a, a lot of South Melbourne people out there that follow them through thick and thin. There's people up there that can't go to the football at the SCG all this year, and they've sold out the ground, apparently by 7.45 on Monday night, the ground was sold out. 
So big shout-out yep. to all the bloody blood supporters out there, mate. Fantastically well said, Mark. I couldn't have said any better myself, so I won't even try. But you're 100% spot on. I echo those sentiments wholeheartedly. And for the Swans to go from 16th on the ladder last year to be back into the finals again, when I don't know if anyone had them in their top eights this year, save maybe some very, very optimistic Swans fans, that is just a credit to John Longmore and the whole coaching team and, and that organisation. So beautifully said, Mark. Uh, Chris is in Sunbury. G'day, Chris. Yeah, g'day, mate. Uh, yeah, look, uh, just quickly on the Carlton thing, I think Lee Matthews is uh, spot on. They've had uh, more coaches in the last 20 years than any other club, and uh, mm. uh, by a long way, actually. And uh, Teague's winning percentages uh, for the amount of games his coach is pretty pretty good for, um, you know, a new coach. And uh, it's 39, Carlton always trying 39%, Chris. Yeah, but I think that's uh, much better than the... Five previous coaches that they've had, maybe except for Ratton. Uh, but it, anyway, actually what, better than Clarko what, what, and Dimmer in their first two years, if you can believe that. Yeah, I, I can actually. Yep. Uh, I had Dimmer written down. But um, what I was ringing actually about, I reckon uh, Clarko. I, I'd love to see Clarko uh, go into politics. I reckon he'd be perfect for for that. Really? Um, I, I, I do rate. I, I just want you to talk about this once. I, once I uh, tell you the rest. But uh, I rate Stewie Jew. But I, the AFL run. The Gold Coast, so I reckon they might orchestrate Buckley to the Suns, uh, Pendlebury to play a year or two, uh, like Hodge did uh, up at, at Brisbane, and then uh, go to a, to assistant coach up there. So you discuss that if you want, but I reckon that's probably maybe what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, so Stewie drew out a contract next year, and there's some, uh, Carolyn Wilson particularly strong, that she doesn't think he's there next year, while others think that he will be given, and they've made enough noise to say that, no, no, they're backing him in for next year, so it's uh, is sort of conflicting views on what will happen there. Is Nathan Buckley the right person? I'm, I'm, look, I'm not sure. That That's a special kind of job, that one. It, it needs a really – they need discipline, but they need it with a warm embrace uh, as well. It's a, it, it's a tough one because you, you've got to get those young guys to stay up there, to re-sign. It's got to be a really good environment that they want. Not saying that Nathan Buckley wouldn't, but – um, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure if he's exactly the, the guy. I mean, I have enormous respect for everything he's achieved in the game, and uh, to be able to coach in an AFL club for 10 years is, is no mean feat as well. And make grand finals. Um, is he the right person to do what's a very, very particular coaching job in in the toughest of markets? Uh, I'll have to have a think about it, Chris. Uh, I'll get back to you. I don't have a firm view either way. I've got. I'm a bit maybe to the no side, but. I'm basing that on, you know, bits and pieces. Um, but, it, look, interesting proposition nonetheless. And, it, and nonetheless, and it would be an incredible marketing um, uh, event as well. Uh, and they would get, you know, one of the, you know, most highly decorated football people of the, the modern and the era proceeding. So uh, that would be something quite... I mean, it would be a massive story. It would be a massive, massive story if that was to happen. I'm not sure if it is uh, on the cards, though, and I haven't heard Bucks's name brought up in relation to it, but you might be the first, and you never know what can come from that. Uh, Enzo on the road. G'day, Enzo. Uh, Sammy. Hello. Hello, Sammy. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Oh, my, my poor Mr David Teague. He's, uh, don't compare Teague to... Dimmer and uh, Clarkson in the first two years because Clarkson inherited a Hawthorne team that got rid of everybody. Uh, Teague took a, Haw- a Carlton team that was supposedly going to play finals this no, year. But only supposedly but, due to them. Only they yeah, were the ones saying finals. 
I know that, but there was a lot of people going, and a poor David Teague, he's not to blame. It's the recruiting. The recruiting's been appalling. The only thing that Carlton has recruited in the last couple of years is half-back flankers. Half-back flankers that don't... They try to recruit cream. Uh, with, they forgot to um, recruit some cake first, but they recruited the cream before the cake. Uh, uh, they got a half-back flanker in Zach Williams, who was never going to be a midfielder, and say, no, nah, he's going to be our premier midfielder. Uh, I was saying this last year, I said, it ain't going to work. It's going to be a disaster, and it proved to be a disaster. Uh, you know, so... Well, it's not Tiggy's fault. It's Salvani that was the recruiter, and that's probably why they got rid of him last year, because all he, all he recruited was half-back flankers, and um, that's what you've got now. Carlton's a team full of half-back flankers, and I'm afraid... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lyon has to come in, come in, and he's got to do what uh, Ruse did at Melbourne when he came in. Uh, pat a few people on the back and say, "Okay, you've been all right, but after this first season, most of you're going to be gone and rebuild the whole team." And within four years, they're back in finals. So I'm afraid Carlton has just absolutely monumentally stuffed up and spent big money on halfbacks. Frank, or they've they spent huge money on just half-back flankers. Yeah, Enzo, thank you very much, mate. I appreciate the call, as always. Great to hear from you. Dave's in Turin. G'day, Dave. Yeah, yeah, mate. Look, oh, mate, I love the Blues. Um, Teague, not after it, mate. He, um, he's, he, look, what he got this year, he got Sard and Williams come in. Um, look at Settlefield, uh, Patricia Sagan. They've all gone backwards. So as much as he says, oh, I haven't, haven't got the faith, the club's got no faith in me, but he really hasn't delivered. Uh, and I reckon uh, we're not... Like, you get a good coach in there, they'll just jump on him next year. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to a good coach just comes in and snaps their fingers and everything's fine, Dave. Um, history shows us that that's not the case. And David Teague's taken over last year in a 17-game season with three million taken out of the soft cap, six assistant coaches and specialist coaches removed from the support. So he's a first-year coach, six support staff get taken away from. That's just the coaching staff, not the rest of it. We've had another COVID-affected year this year. Uh, half of that year has been done with an external review taking place around him, which I defy anybody to be at their very best in what he describes as a, psych- a psychologically unsafe uh, in working environment. I-, I think you've got to take all those things into consideration before you say he's not up to it. Has he been outcoached at times? Yes, he has. Has their defence been good enough? No, it hasn't. Is there some issues that need to be corrected? Yes, there is. Um, but to say that he's just not up to it and no good, I don't think you can tell that after two years, especially after these two years that they've had. Um, appreciate the call, though, nonetheless. But I, I, I don't know. People just don't come in and snap their fingers and everything's fine again. Go back and have a look through successful eras clubs' histories and none of them came in and snapped their fingers and everything was okay. Go back and look at Geelong under Mark Thompson, Hawthorne under Alistair Clarkson, Richmond under Damien Hardwick. They don't just snap their fingers and everything uh, is okay. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 We'll keep going through your calls uh, on the other side of this. Um, I've got some other audio that I want to get to you, though, from uh, Peter Goodwin today and our Hall of Famers as well, and we'll keep working our way through those. And your calls on the news of the day, of course, your say on the news of the day. Time on. 
Collingwood have just released a statement as we're on air this evening. Collingwood Football Club has today resolved its Supreme Court dispute with Francis Galbally. Mr Galbally is to formally withdraw his complaint to the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. Collingwood will, by August 30, provide Mr Galbally with the club's register of members on the basis that Mr Galbally has undertaken to the court to comply with Section 177 of the Corporations Act. The proceeding will be dismissed with no order as to cost. So uh, that dispute... Uh, between Francis Galbally and the Collingwood Football Club looks to have been resolved and those uh, member registrations will be handed over. Uh, I don't have Section 177 of the Corporations Act in front of me, so I can't tell you what that says, but we might try and do that uh, before we finish up the, the show tonight. Uh, a couple of delistings today from the Fremantle Footy Club. So Brett Buley, Taylor Germann, Stephen Gyro and Toby Watson have all been moved on. Uh, Buley, 25 games, Watson, 11, Germann, 45. And Giro uh, 14. James Frawley has uh, retired again. So, two games for the Saints after being lured out of retirement last October. 100 games for Melbourne, uh, 139 plus a premiership in all Australian for the Hawks, uh, and then a couple for the Saints as well. So, a fantastic career from Chips, and uh, we wish him all the best in retirement. 1300 736 736, your say on the news of the day. Damien's in Frankston North. G'day, Damo. G'day, Sammy. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. What have you got for me? Uh, I want to talk about Carlton in the AFL Grand Final. We'll start on Carlton. Um, I don't, I'm agreeing with everyone. I, I, mean, I think uh, Carlton in a full review, but I think Ross Lyon's the man for the job. I think he'll be sworn in as early as next week. Um, I think they'll try and get him in there as quick as they can, get him into the role, get some players in, and I reckon Carlton will be in the finals next year. OK, well, we'll wait and see on that one, Damo. What about the Grand Final? Uh, um, I reckon it's in Perth. It's locked in. Um, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I reckon the lockdown will be extended in Victoria for another couple of weeks, which will rule us out the grand final, unfortunately. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I could be right. What are your thoughts, Sammy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that it'll be in Perth as well, Damo, and, and appreciate your call as always. So we'll, we'll find out early next week. So there's still a glimmer of hope, and uh, I'd like to hang on to that glimmer of hope, as uh, as I think a lot of Victorians would, that just maybe, just maybe, um, after missing out last year, that, uh, that we wouldn't miss out again. Mark McGowan, the... Uh, WA Premier has tweeted the AFL has just confirmed that the Perth that Perth will host 2021 AFL Grand Final if Melbourne is unable to due to its COVID situation. While this is exciting for WA footy fans, it is very sad for our friends in Victoria who could miss out on hosting the Grand Final at the MCG yet again. It just sometimes I don't look. You can't read context into the the written word at times, but that just seemed a little cold there from Mark. Uh, a little bit um, smug. The way I'm reading that, I could just be sensitive, given that I am a Victorian like you in lockdown at the moment, or uh, if you're listening in South Australia, you, of course, aren't, but if wherever you're listening to us uh, around the country, live and crystal clear on the SEN app, but he just can't help sometimes, can he, Mark McGowan, coming across in a a certain way. Uh, John's in Greensboro. John, hello, mate. Thank you, Sammy. Um, Yeah, look, a a little bit on the blues, and then I'd just like to finish up on Collingwood. Um, couple of uh, callers before mentioned something about Carlton and the half-back flankers. Uh, perhaps he didn't make his point as uh, polished as he could have, but he, he might be onto something. Uh, there's a lot of those type of players on big money. Um, he has the start, Williams who came in, there's a couple of others, and, and, and obviously they're looking at getting Chera in also on big money. I, I sometimes think how there's a lot of guys there on, on a lot of money 
how are they able to actually put them in their salary cap and still having not achieved very much? So it might hold them back a little bit down the track. But um, but uh, in relation to the Pies and, and the, the favourite to get the top job, uh, McRae, um, look, uh, out of the untried coaches, um, I'd be pretty happy, actually, and, and, and having a, a look at some of his credentials, um, having won through premierships himself under Lee Matthews, he spent a bit of time in the uh, Collingwood Academy also under um, Mickey Malthouse, uh, which means he's no stranger to the Collingwood ways. And then through premierships with Richmond as an assistant coach and, and, and one himself as um, with the VFL team of Richmond, I, I reckon it, it's a pretty good read. And, and listening to um, Jack Revolt last night describe him as a, as a man with a lot of wisdom and, and describe him as a bit of a teacher, I yeah. just think... Um, Maybe we'll get the best bloke for the job. I'm pretty happy. I'd be I'd be wrapped if he's the if he's the man they go with. Yeah, John, I, I would agree with you on that. Every every one that I've asked myself about Craig McRae, every time I've interviewed him, um, not that my opinion matters for much on this, but yeah, you know, I think you're 100 percent right. Anyone you speak to has nothing but the highest praise for a guy that wherever he's gone, uh, the teams that he's been out have won. So that's uh, that's. Oh, that's a good starting point for me, I reckon. And you're right, a great uh, wealth of knowledge that he's experienced under some of the best that's ever been uh, in different environments. So he comes with a really broad base uh, of experience uh, and skill sets. So uh, well said. Max is in Williams Landing. G'day, Max. Uh, g'day, Sam. Um, look, I just want to uh, say a, a few things about uh, my side, Carlton. and. Sure. Uh, Really, uh, really disappointed with obviously the way Teague's being treated now. Um, yes, he has um, not lived up to expectations about coaching, uh, how he's coached, and um, being criticised a hell of a lot. But um, if you look at things now, as Clarkson does not want to coach, and you'll uh, um, sit out the year, why go for someone like a Ross Lyon if he's been there for? Well, he hasn't been in the game for three years. Usually, tactics and the game ch- uh, changes um, through the, would have changed since he's been out of the the um, AFL. Now, what I would what I would want them to do is I would actually ask, of, like, if it was up to me, I'd say go through the process, get the best coach available. Um, in terms of let's see. Let's uh, let's see if uh, Brad Scott wants to um, go at it again. Let's see if Michael Boss wants to go at it again. I mean, you don't you don't want someone like a I don't know like Ross Lyon to me just sounds um, a very uh, he's he's too old uh, he's he's an old school coach and I just uh, don't like his game style when he's uh, too defensive. I, I don't know what, what do you think, Sammy? Um, oh, I think you make some great points about wanting to go through an actual proper process. I don't see why you wouldn't want to do that if you are hell-bent on changing your coach. And there is a little bit of history repeating here. Is it Dennis Pagan all over again? Is it Mick Mouldhouse over again? If that's the way they actually end up going. So, you know, you, we, history is there to teach us. And you just sometimes wonder whether Carlton have learnt uh, from any of the mistakes of the past. Hey, we're going to come back and wrap it up on the other side of this. Uh, Short and sharp for me tonight, England-India. The third test is about to get moving at 8 o'clock tonight. So Adam Collins and the team to take you through it. Stuart Meeker, Izzy Westbury, uh, Nikesh Ragani and Jared Kimber. 
will get you going and uh, take you through all the action of the third test. It was feisty in the last test, and we're expecting it to be exactly that in this one as well. Uh, Chris is in Temple Stowe with very little time left. Sorry, Chris, but fire away, mate. Guys, I just want to say one thing. I think these people have got to think about it realistically. Ross Lyon is probably the best thing that could happen to this club. Reason being is he's ruthless as a coach. It'll improve the team's defence overnight. And let's face it, he was an assistant under David Parkin, so he's learnt a lot. And this guy's gotten two teams to grand finals. So if anyone out there reckons he's not hungry, they're kidding themselves. This guy's hungry is all hell for some success. And I think it would be the best thing ever that happened to this club, getting Ross Lyon. As for people who feel sorry for David T, yeah, we all feel sorry for him, but you know what? Not up to it. We need ruthless people down there. We were ruthless when we were successful. We've got to start being ruthless again. Chris, thank you so much, mate. I've got 10 seconds left before we crash out. I'm not cutting you off. Thank you for your call. Appreciate the passion. Love all the calls and texts. There was a heap I wasn't able to get through, and I apologise for that. But I'll see you again tomorrow night. Have a great one. Stay safe. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.